A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast on Arsblog.com in association as always with OleOle.com, the football community website and details of OleOle.com's fantasy football game. It will be coming up a little bit later in the program and you can discover how to join the Arsblog League on that. Uh, lots to talk about. I've just come in. It's about uh, 20 to 10 at night when I'm starting this and I've just come in uh, from playing football and um, we lost, unfortunately, our first game of the season, 1-0. Um, but there you go. So lots to talk about. Um, there's the Champions League draw and there's David Dean and his new friends. So uh, a bit to sort of get my head around before I, I start recording all that stuff. Uh, coming up as well, we've got the man in the bar. He's got another player history. The Mug Smasher is here uh, for a little chat about Arsenal and Liverpool and just, you know, stuff in general. Uh, as well as that, we've got a bet of the week with thanks to bluesquare.com. That's www.bluesq.com. And um, I think that's it, but that should be enough. It should be enough. Oh, beer of the week this week is um, something called Moosehead. It's Canadian beer, and it's got a moose on the front of it. Mmm, hang on, hang on. Mmm, tastes like real moose. Mmm. So we'll start with football, I think, and, and look back uh, on the games that we played uh, since we last uh, spoke, or since I last spoke and you last listened. We had Manchester City last weekend, and uh, it was a good goal by Cesc Fabregas that won it in the end after Robin van Persie had missed a penalty. And, um, yeah, what can you do? Three points against the league leaders. Um, Performance-wise, we, we could have been a bit better, a bit sharper. Adi Bayor was in for his first game of the season and didn't really do it, but that's his first game of the season. His sharpness will come and his fitness will come as well. Uh, the most important thing, obviously, was to get the three points. And um, after missing a penalty, a lot of sides can, I don't know, I let their heads drop a bit, but not this Arsenal side and not Cesc Fabregas, uh, who's on a goal-scoring run uh, like he's never been on before, I think, because he followed that up uh, with a goal against uh, Sparta Prague on Wednesday night. The Sparta game was um, more or less finished after seven minutes when Theo Walcott squared for Thomas Rosicki uh, to score against his old club, and he was a bit sort of apologetic. I saw a little wave over to their three fans. Sorry about that. Uh, but that more or less killed the game, and as a spectacle, it killed it as well. But to be honest, to be honest, uh, I, I'm a bit tired uh, of all the exciting games. You know, I'm tired of us going a goal down and, and sitting on the edge of our seats and trying to... I like sometimes when it's all very comfortable, and you can just watch the football and not worry and not be anxious and not, you know, have little... That's my heart. Um, I hope it's not really what my heart does, but 
um, you know what I'm getting at. So it was nice just to uh, to be able to sit back and, and just watch. And uh, again, we had uh, Diaby in for his first game of the season. Like Adi Bayori didn't have a great game, but he'll get his fitness and he'll get his sharpness. Um, some changes uh, from the game on Saturday. Theo Walcott started. We had Eduardo up front, and uh, I thought he looked quite lively, I have to say. A little bit in and out of the game, but in the last 10 minutes when we brought Fabregas on and when we brought uh, Danielson on, uh, he, he really seemed to get into it. I think that's because maybe he moved out to the left-hand side. The way he skinned the defender for Fabregas' goal was was fantastic. And uh, he got a goal himself in the very last minute of the game, which will do him a power of good. Because if you don't score for a new club and there's a lot of pressure and the level is higher here, uh, than it was in uh, Croatia and people start to ask questions and they don't have the patience that they used to have and he'd be written off and called all sorts of names and that just makes all uh, that makes everything worse so it's good for him to get off the mark as well as that the goals coming from midfield are tremendously encouraging this time last year uh, we might not have won the games that we've won because uh, we were too reliant on our strikers but now Rosicki's off the mark Seska's got three already this season Leb is off the mark and uh, it's good that these guys are chipping in with goals and it's making a, a real difference on Sunday we've got Portsmouth who are going to be uh, tough opponents they brought in some good players this summer uh, they seem to have uh, kept Saul Campbell off the pies uh, Laren is there as well Canu is there so to real Arsenal old boys um situation going on there but hopefully we kick the crap out of them on Sunday and and take uh, another three points um like I said the, there's lots to talk about the Dean stuff and and what have you will uh, come back to uh, in just a while but um earlier today uh, before any of this broke I, I sort of spoke with the mug smasher just to to get a little bit of a an informal sort of uh, blog chat thing going on just to talk about uh, how he views Arsenal and how he views his own team you know the ones the the scousy cunts um, so um, here, here's the mug smasher. Okay, joining me now on the Arsecast, um, because, you know, he's here and I don't have anyone else this week, is uh, the mug smasher. Hello, mug smasher. Boo. <laughs> uh, it's lovely to, to have you back on the show. Hello. Um, I can see you're as expansive and <laughs> and eloquent as you always have been. What would you have me say? No, well, we'll talk. We'll no, talk. Now. Okay, we'll talk now because even though Arsenal Liverpool is some weeks away, an indefinite period of time. Do we know when it is? I know the uh, the Emirates game is in April. Yeah, but uh, other than that, the Anfield game we don't know yet. No, sometime between now and April. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, we'll talk about Liverpool then a little bit because um, uh, Rafa Benitez has has been given a big chunk of money to spend this uh, this summer. He most certainly has, and um, he bought um, a Jewish guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he. Oh, you signed Ben Ayun, did you? No, obviously. Um, uh, Fernando Torres was the the biggest signing of the summer. Mm. Um, what have you made of him since his arrival? Uh, I think he's fucking tremendous. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know if he's going to score a load of goals, but he scares the shit out of defenders. Yeah, what, what is is it his spots or his pace? Uh, yeah, his his lady, like, poise. <laughs> no, he's just, I think he's just quite good. Yeah, his pace and, and his control, he's he's quite clever. And uh, he's been running, uh, he's running defences ragged. I'm, I'm quite enjoying him. Mm, his goal against um, Chelsea... Mm. Was was Henri-esque It I certainly was say. Yeah it was magic It was a lovely ball And uh, he skinned Ben Haim Which is always good to see Not literally sadly <laughs> No you're not allowed to do that anymore I know. 
It's uh, a sad day when they, re, uh, you know, when they said you couldn't flay another player. Mm. I miss that kind of football. Mm, park football. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm quite happy with our squad. Voronin looks like um, Emmanuel Petit crossed with a serial killer. <laughs> and Michael York. Michael York, yeah, he's got those crazy eyes. Manimal. Mm. Um, yeah, he's he's odd. He's, he's, he's similar to Coit in that he just bugs the shit out of the defenders. He never stops running. Mm. But he was knocking them in in pre-season uh, and he scored a couple of goals during the season so far. So um, I quite like him. Yeah. Uh, you also got rid of um, Craig Bellamy. But, oh. That's good, though. That's good. <clears throat> Pardon me. Thanks, West Ham. Yeah. What was that? Nine million? Something ridiculous, yeah. So <laughs> while he spent a lot of money, we actually recouped a good bit. On, on the people we shipped out. Who else went out? Loads of people. Fowler, Zenden. Oh, free transfer, free transfer. Igor Biscan. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Cinema Pongol went. Mm. He got, got money for him as well, didn't they? Got yeah. five million or something. Yeah, well, he played well last year in yeah. Spain. Yeah. I can't remember. Who else went? Somebody went for stupid money as well. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway... He hasn't spent as much as people like to make out. Well, the pressure's on, though. The pressure is on, but yeah, it's going to be a better season. Already, I mean, the way we handled Toulouse, I know Toulouse weren't particularly good, but neither were AZ, whatever their name was, a couple of seasons ago, and uh, we struggled against them. Mm. We have a proper squad now, you know, where where the, the people coming on can actually make a difference rather than just fill a gap. Good options on the bench. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm fairly uh, optimistic about the season. Okay. No bold predictions, but I think we'll win the quadruple. Okay. Well, come April in um, in uh, in Ashburton Grove, if you're still fighting for the title, and Arsenal are still fighting, it's going to be a good game. It should be. Yeah. We should go to that. Okay. All right then. It's a deal. Okay. Um, Arsenal, are you surprised that um, Arsene Wenger hasn't been more busy in the transfer market? A little bit. Yeah. Well, I am a little bit. Um, as I'd imagine you are. I am. I'm. I'm shocked. Um, we have. We well, only have three strikers, really, don't you? No. Well, we've got Adibayor, Van Persie, Eduardo, and Bentner. Oh, Bentner. I and forgot about him. Theo Walcott can play through the middle as well. Apparently, Arsene Wenger said Diaby can play through the middle, and I would imagine that Alex Song can play through the middle, seeing as he can play. Apparently, can play in <laughs> centre half. <laughs> if he can play in centre half, why does he keep playing in midfield where he can't play at all? Mm. Jens Lehmann suspended, Almunia is suspended, Alex Song is going in goal. Yeah, you never know. Mm. You know, John O'Shea has now played in every position for Man United. Every single one? Every single position. He came on as a striker a couple of weeks ago. Big lumbering oaf, but that's why they don't sell him. It is good to have that versatility, isn't it? Yeah, he's shit in every position. <laughs> but back to Arsenal. Yeah, do do you see Arsenal as as uh, as title contenders? I think it could be. Yeah, everyone in the media seems to be writing you off. Uh, it reminds me of Liverpool two or three years ago, the year we won the Champions League. The, the year you didn't win the title. The year we won the Champions League. Oh yeah, okay, okay. That's the year we're talking. About. All right, that one. When everybody was writing us up. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone's made a fuss about Henri, but you know he didn't play last season, so. Uh, you still have most of the same squads, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think you'll have a good year. Okay, I think you'll be there or thereabouts for for most of the season. All right, if you had to pick now um, a a winner of the uh, of the Premier League, as it's now called, 
Um, obviously, it's going to come from, I suppose, Arsenal, Liverpool, United uh, and Chelsea, despite the, the best efforts of some other teams to get into that mm. top four. Um, my heart says Liverpool, but my head says Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, it's ominous. They're not even playing well and they're, they're winning. And uh, it's making me vomit. Out of vomit from various orifices or just the one orifice? I have my ass mostly. Oh, mm. That's the worst place in the world to vomit from. i got to stop eating all brown. Yeah, certainly. And uh, curry. Curry all brown. Curry, yeah. Yeah. That chicken curry you made the other night was quite hot. It was indeed. Then I had all brown for breakfast the next day. <laughs> I'd say your work toilets were a fucking mm. joy to behold the next day. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. you go to the ladies on purpose, <laughs> I know this. Um, wh- what about uh, the teams to go down? A derby. Yeah? Are gone, yeah. No question. And I, I just think Sunderland and Birmingham are going to go. You think Sunderland will go? I do, I do. I think the, the first that first game of the season was a fluke, uh, and they haven't looked remotely premiership class since. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, it's going to be a horrible season. And bye bye. They bought a lot of players, though. They have, yeah. Not many of them have been any good, though. No, and a lot of money has been invested in the club. Mm. I did, to be honest, I'd like to see them stay up. Just I don't know why, because the Irish thing, and I can get free tickets. Well, hey, whoa. Um, but it means actually having to go to to Sunderland. Hmm. Nothing wrong with that, is there? Um. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go with you. Well, you're not invited. Okay. All right. Fair I'll bring, enough. I'll bring my other friend. On the whole, uh, best of luck to all of you fucking idiots. Yeah. This season, yeah. You realise that when you come over in, in April, there'll be people that have listened to this and will remember that you have called them fucking idiots. Yeah, but I got such a hard time last year that, uh, you know, it can't get much worse than that. Well, that is true. That is true. I have to say, I felt... Um, Delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I will see. I'm not saying anything because I'm not getting into this whole. If I say something, I'll, I'll tempt fate. The result will be bad, and then you know, mm. then you will be the one dispensing the hard time instead of the one receiving it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll see in April. We'll see in April. Okay. Well, we'll talk before the um, the Liverpool Arsenal game at, at Anfield, whenever that is, sometime between now and, and April. Yes. Mug Smasher, thank you very much. Goodbye now. Thanks. Bye. 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 And uh, big thanks to the Mug Smasher. He'll be back, I'm sure, on another Arsecast um, sometime in the future, probably when we're playing Liverpool next. Now, uh, before we go to the man in the bar with the player history, just tell you about the oleole.com fantasy football game. Uh, it starts on September the 14th, so if you haven't quite managed to get involved in a fantasy football game and they've all started and you're weeks behind, you've still got a couple of weeks to uh, to get involved in this. You can check it out at oleole.com forward slash fantasy football. You can play any one of five top European leagues, those being England, uh, France, Italy, Germany and Spain, as well as that there's a European Super League where you can choose your players from uh, across all those five leagues and the prizes are are pretty awesome there's great stuff like uh, merchandise and uh, t-shirts and all those kind of things but um, other prizes include PlayStation 3s and the grand prize for the winner of the European Super League is a trip to Austria uh, to Vienna uh, to see the final of Euro 2008 it's accommodation flights match ticket the whole kit and caboodle um, so it's well worth joining up for and trying to win that great prize it's oleole.com forward slash fantasy 
football. Now, the man in the bar is here, and he's got a player history. Hello! Uh, hello there, Irish blogger. Uh, there you, that reminds me of that song. Uh, so it does. You know the one with the black fella who looks like he's got loads of food in his mouth still. And he was in the video going out with this blind girl. And she made an old model of him out of plasticine. That's right. And then she was at home reading her own braille book. Bum, 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 And he rings her up on the phone and her book closes. And she'll never find her page again, will she? That's right. That's the song. Oh, what a feeling. Oh, we're dancing on the ceiling. Anyway, this week we're going to tell you about an Arsenal player called Martin. No, not Martin Hayes. Not Martin, um... Well, there is no other Martin that I can think of. It's only Martin Keown. Now, Martin Keown joined Arsenal as a schoolboy around the same old time as Tony Adams, and he was a central defender as well. But him and Tony were never the best of friends, you see. Competitive when they were in the old schoolboy section... When Keown came back, Tony Adams preferred to play with Steve Bold. And play alongside Steve Bold, I should say. But Martin Keown made his professional debut for Brighton and Hove Albion and made a few old appearances for Arsenal before he got sold to Aston Villa in 1987. And then he got sold to Everton, which was a bit unkind, I suppose, but what can you do? In 1993, he was re-signed by Arsenal for two million pounds. And I can remember I was on my way to the to the old shopping centre when I heard it on the radio and I was thinking, that's a bit of a, a strange one. But he came into the side and he was used as a man-marker. Rash, they used to call him because he was all over the other player. That and the fact that he had a whole pile of red, sore, angry-looking... Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Spots up his back when they had the shower to go look, look at his rash. Uh, it took him a while to establish himself in the Arsenal defence because old Steve Bold and Tony Adams were in there. But when Steve Bold moved to Sunderland, Keown took his chance and he was a fixture in the defence for years to come. His finest moment came when Rude Van Nistelrooy missed a penalty against Arsenal at Old Trafford and Martin Keown jumped 18 feet in the air and landed with his arms on Van Nistelrooy's head going, You, you fucking Dutch horse-looking cunt-fisting bastard, you, you missed a penalty, you fucking shite-hawking wanker. 
I miss days like that, I have to say. Nowadays, Martin Keown runs a donkey sanctuary in Essex. And his favourite donkey is called Tony. True. The man in the bar will be back, of course, with another player history on next week's Arscast. Now, on to the biggest story, I suppose, of, of this week, which is rather a shame. Now, that this is dominating the headlines, I have to say, when the team are doing so well. We've made such an encouraging start to the season. We've got a really good Champions League draw, which we'll come to uh, towards the end. Um, but this is overshadowing everything. Uh, yesterday, sort of lunchtime, uh, rumours started to um, filter out that David Dean had called a press conference um, for half past four in the afternoon and that it was going to be about him selling his shares to a Russian. There was all these people, um, myself included, that thought it might have been Berkovsky. And if I'm not pronouncing his name right, I do apologise. Um, so, uh, speculation and rumour, and then uh, uh, the press conference took place and we discovered that a new investment company called Red and White, and I'll quote this, established specifically to hold equity interests in Arsenal. Red and White is jointly owned by Mr. Alisher Uzmanov, um, again my pronunciation, and uh, a leading Russian businessman, and Mr. Farhad Mashiri, a London-based investor. Uh, in his role as chairman, David Dean will develop proposals, blah, blah, blah. So this company has been set up to um, uh, hold equity interests in Arsenal. Now, um, what benefit does holding equity interest in Arsenal have when directors don't get paid dividends? If they're not on the board, they're not paid salaries. So it's not like you're uh, owning 14.58% of something that is going to generate you money every year, you see. So obviously, um, you would have to think that uh, they're going to increase their equity in order to get themselves uh, into a position where they can then start making money on the money that they've invested because they're not just putting money in for the laugh and go will we buy 15 percent of arsenal just you know yeah i've got a spare whatever 75 million yeah lasha why not we'll just put that money there and we'll own 15 percent of arsenal we go and we watch the football every couple of weeks in a box maybe no that's not what is happening um david dean is the chairman of this particular group um, so that would mean he would be their representative. It would mean that should this equity group uh, increase its stake or indeed take over the club, that David Dean would then be the chairman of Arsenal Football Club, which I think is exactly what, what David Dean wants. So let's talk about David Dean for a second, because there are a lot of people that uh, picture David Dean as a messiah, some kind of figure that's going to come back and and make Arsene Wenger buy uh, 20 million pound players in the transfer market, etc., etc., etc. Well, Arsene Wenger said he had money this summer. The board said he had money this summer. Arsene chose not to spend that money. So some bunch of rich guys coming along and adding to the transfer pot that we already have is no guarantee that Arsene Wenger is going to spend the money. So let's put that to one side. Uh, David Dean, he did good work for Arsenal over the years. Sure. Absolutely. I think there's, everybody would, would uh, acknowledge that. At the same time, David Dean got a lot out of his good work uh, for Arsenal. He got very rich. He got uh, involved with the FA. He was on the board of the FA. He was also involved in the G14. He was chairman of the G14. So it did a lot for David Dean as well. It wasn't that he didn't take anything out of it. Um, people say David Dean is a, a real Arsenal man. 
Uh, he talks, he says, I've always had the best interest of Arsenal at heart. I have a love affair with the club since I was six. I firmly believe that the involvement of red and white with a significant stake in the long-term commitment of Arsene Wenger are absolutely the best outcome for the club. As if red and white's involvement in the club um, has any bearing on Arsene Wenger's uh, long-term commitment. David Dean hasn't been on the board. Let's look back to when David Dean was sacked by the board. When they discovered that he um, had encouraged Stan Kroenke to, to buy Granada shares and then had sort of uh, suggested that he could get more shares, enough shares that they could make a takeover bid for the club. As it stands now, Stan Kroenke owns whatever he owns of the club, 14 or 13% or whatever, uh, that he bought the Granada stake and then added to it over time. But it was David Dean that got Stan Kroenke involved in the first place in order to... Uh, make a takeover for the club, that David Dean would be the top man uh, again at the club and Kroenke would be the major shareholder and all these new money would come in. Oh, look at all this money we have that we don't spend anyway. So let's look at David Dean's commitment to Arsenal Football Club, will we? How committed is David Dean to Arsenal Football Club? Well, he's so committed to Arsenal Football Club that he just sold his stake in the club, the club that he loves, that's so close to his heart. He just sold it to two guys uh, for 75 million pounds. So David Dean's commitment to Arsenal is, you know, about getting rich, perhaps. Well, he has got rich. He's just sold the stake in the club that he loves. Yeah, so much. He sold it. But only for the good of the club. Of course, you have to realise that it's only, you know, in, in the best interest of Arsenal Football Club that he took 75 million pounds off these men. Now, these men, um, Russian oligarch, Ali Sharuzmanov. I've had a number of emails uh, since this news broke from people extremely uneasy at having somebody like that as a significant shareholder in the club and as a, a, a member of an equity group which is going to try and increase its stake in Arsenal. We know how um, Russian oligarchs behave and get their money, don't we? Reading from the Times yesterday... It says, within hours of Dean's press conference, Shillings, the lawyers, issued a statement on behalf of Uzmanov, and this is what their statement said. It said, we refer you to a matter of historical record concerning our client. Mr. Uzmanov was imprisoned for various offences under, under the old Soviet regime. We wish to make it clear that our client did not commit any of the offences with which he was charged. He was fully pardoned after President Mikhail Gorbachev took office. All references to these matters have now been expunged from police records. We would point out that Mr. Uzmanov does not have any criminal record. Okay. Good job they made that really, really clear, isn't it? He does not have any criminal record. He never did anything bad in his life. And just whatever, just don't talk about him doing bad things. Because he never did them. There's no record of him doing bad things anywhere. It is the first step to a takeover. That's what this is. No question about it. Stan Kroenke shares are there. Now that David Dean has decided that his Russian friends are, are nicer, you know, will Stan Kroenke shares be snapped up by this uh, red and white investment group? I think they probably will. And that will give them somewhere in the region of 27, 28% of the club, a few smaller shareholders, and then they can get themselves in a position where they can uh, launch a takeover bid. It can be rejected, obviously, but it still puts them uh, in, in a much better position. 
And just a quick word on Stan Kroenke, because I've always been uh, opposed to the takeover, as I'm sure you know, but it's always been based on how that takeover was going to be funded. It was never anything to do with uh, him being American or having a terrible mustache or having a reasonably amusing surname. It was to do with none of those things. It was all to do with the, the finance, etc., etc., uh, given the fact that the club were putting themselves in a better financial position. But you look at Stan Kroenke now, uh, compared to these guys... And and he just seems like a wonderful option. Perhaps that's the idea. Red and White is going to sell their shares to Stan Kroenke. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But Stan Kroenke's history is involved in sports and retail. That's how he made his money. And we know how Russian oligarchs made their money. What sort of money would you prefer to have at Arsenal if you had to have a choice? It's easy, isn't it? As Arsenal fans, we talk about Chelsea. And we write off um, anything that Chelsea do on the football pitch because of the way that they have uh, built the club. The club has been built uh, in a short period of time with a huge wad of cash. That's exactly how Chelsea has been built. We slag off Abramovich for this, that and the other. But if we let these guys, um, Uzmanov and Moshiri, um is that how you pronounce it anyway? Who cares what he's fucking called? But if these guys take control of Arsenal Football Club, then... To me, Arsenal Football Club is no better than Chelsea. To me, Arsenal Football Club will stop being the football club that uh, I've loved since I was a little boy because it's just it, it won't be the same. The successes that we've had have been built on um, values and traditions that won't be there and won't be upheld by these kind of people. Um... Obviously, you can't say too much about them, but if you start Googling and if you have a read of some of the articles, you can see that the business practices um, of Usmanov present questions. That's a good way of putting it. And um, Russian oligarchs, in general, have got to where they are through uh, normally um, questionable behavior. Shall we put it like that? So if these guys take over Arsenal Football Club, then... I don't know. If what your football club means to you depends entirely on what happens on the pitch, if you can only feel the love for your club when you're winning trophies, if having £20 million and £30 million strikers is the only way that you can get behind the club, and it seems to be that there are more and more people whose interest or whose support of Arsenal football club is conditional on various things arsenal has always been a club that is i suppose we haven't always done it but i suppose we've tried to do things the right way whether it's the players wearing blazers whether it's all the players wearing the same length shirt there are traditions and values and ways of doing things that that arsenal have always um tried to do well and tried to do um, as correctly as possible. Like I say, it hasn't always been possible, and we've had our dark moments like any other institution. But we look at the new stadium as an example of a way of trying to increase the revenue of the club, the profile of the club, the support of the club, the success of the club, and the new stadium was uh, designed to do that. And it was done the old-fashioned way, with hours and hours and hours of hard work. And that's the only way to do it. Quick fixes aren't, they're just not right. And if these guys come in with, with their money and they come in and start throwing it around, and then Arsenal 
for me, is not the same Arsenal that it was. And it makes, uh, it would make um, it much more difficult to be as uh, passionate about the club. On the other hand, though, let's look at it. These guys have bought in. Uh, nothing really has changed at the moment. If anything, I hope that this will um, increase the resolve of the current board uh, to oppose any takeover uh, like this. Uh, but I do fear that this is the very first step to a takeover. And it is a shame that it's uh, it's come at uh, a time, like I said, that it's uh, sort of overshadowed what's going on on the pitch. Uh, the, the press conference was called by David Dean um, at the same time as the Champions League draw, more or less. So David Dean can get the headlines, and really what happens at Arsenal, who Arsenal draw in the Champions League, uh, is irrelevant. Uh, this whole thing is leaving uh, a very sour taste in the mouth, I have to say. As far as I'm concerned, if David Dean had a big lump of polonium 210 tomorrow, it couldn't happen too soon, and he could take those two fuckers with him, and they can cunt the fuck back off to Russia and leave us alone. That's my final word on it for now because I seem to have waffled on for um, quite some time. And um, I, I apologise for that. That happens sometimes when I get a little bit upset. And there you go. Uh, we'll finish on an upbeat note, though, will we? Because um, the Champions League uh, draw was uh, was made yesterday evening at the same time as David Dean's press conference, don't you know? But it took place, and uh, we got a very good draw, I think. Uh, Stau Bucharest, Slavia Prague, and uh, either Sevilla or AEK Athens. And you'd have to think that Sevilla will be the team uh, that will go through there. Uh, you have to say that's, uh, that's a very nice draw, isn't it? It is a nice draw. Uh, so um, something to look forward to. The games against Sevilla should be very good. Uh, this week, obviously, very sad in Sevilla because of the... Uh, the death of Antonio Puerta, really, really sad. Uh, as well as that, um, there was a young Queen's Park Rangers footballer who was killed uh, last weekend in a car crash uh, called Ray Jones. And just another sign of why Arsenal Football Club is Arsenal Football Club. Um, Ray Jones was an Arsenal fan. And um, Robin Van Persie uh, sent a, a shirt of his to the QPR training ground with a little note to say, in memory, a sad loss to football. A really nice gesture from Van Persie, a nice gesture from Arsenal Football Club. And uh, you can look at the Queen's Park Rangers official website for that. Um, I said I was going to finish on an upbeat note, didn't I? That wasn't very upbeat, so I better tell you a joke. Um, why did David Dean cross the road? Because he's an orange cunt. I was going to put some candle after him, but I figured, you know, didn't really need it. Finally, finally for tonight is our bet of the week with thanks to bluesquare.com. It is 5-1 to one for Thomas Rosicki to score and for Arsenal to win against Portsmouth. If you don't have a Blue Square account, you can sign up on the side of the uh, Arsblog homepage. You get a £25 free bet. Uh, so click on to www.bluesq.com. Follow the link off Arsblog or follow the link at the bottom of today's blog and you can sign up there and Arsblog makes uh, three pence for every time uh, you make a bet uh, over £9 million. Something like that. It's all good though. Um, that's it. Talk to you on next week's Arscast.
another Arsecast uh, over and done with. Thank God for that. Hello? Who the hell are you guys? Yes, we are uh, Russians. Yeah, so fucking what if you're Russian? What the f- What are you doing here? Well, we are your uh, new owner. Fuck do you mean? What do you mean new owner? Get the fuck out of my house. No, we are a new owner. It's true. We buy all Arsenal website. You bought every Arsenal website? Yes, it's true. We buy them all. Gunner blog, Ars blog, Arsenal world, Arsenal land, East lore, good player, Gunner boy, Gunner, online Gunner, everything. We buy them all. All of them? Even Arsenal mania? <laughs> we look stupid to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 